Hey, welcome to the Monkey House Primates. So, thanks so much. I've asked around here to quickly uh, let you all know that we're in Sydney. We're about to be in Brisbane. So uh, very quick stop in Sydney. We're just here for a few nights. So come and see us. And then what are we doing? We're going up to Brisbane. We're going to do a Who Knew It with Matt Stewart at Good Chat. And we're also doing a couple of Dryer Dryers, our comedy festival show. It's the last run of the whole tour. So come on down, Brisbane. That's right. And in Sydney, we're at the Manning Bar and at the Chippo for the Who Knew It. Really pumped up. Hopefully see you all there. Uh, now on with the show. Ook, ook. What is that what the monkey say? Yeah, ooga cha cha. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to Primates, the podcast where we explore primates in popular culture from chimpanzee all the way down to chimpanzee. I'm your host, Matt Stewart, and I'm joined by the always special, always happening and <laughs> happy-go-lucky second banana of the show and host of the gaming show about games, gaming, 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 game. It's Mr. Evan Munro-Smith. That's me. Happy-go-lucky. What does happy-go-lucky mean? Happy go lucky. Is that what you said? Yeah. Happy go lucky. I mean, it's, it's it. I think it means sort of happy and going with the flow, but I don't know oh, that yeah. for sure. That's how I meant it. Oh, okay. Look, I think that's apt. You're a real happy go lucky lad and banana. Yeah. Uh, hey, we're back again. This is sort of the third season in a way, even though it's <laughs> kind of also just the second season still. Because we're still talking about the Umbrella Academy, but now we're talking about the Umbrella Academy Season 2. Yeah. Uh, which is fun. It's, uh, it's exciting. I just watched an episode then, the episode, and- Oh, good. I'm looking forward to talking about it. Uh, I also, I did I did watch this just before we started recording the first season, but again, I, I fucking loved it all over again and couldn't remember nearly any of it. So, uh, it was great. Um, yeah, it is a great episode and, and lots happens. Such a great start. I guess they're able to get stuck right into it, assuming that everyone who's watching watch season one. Yeah. That yeah, it, I think you'd be pretty confused if you hadn't, if you yeah. were starting with this episode. <laughs> they're able to uh, jump right in, which I guess, your I reckon my vibe uh, from you was your least favorite of the first season was the first episode. Yeah, it was a slow start, but um, yeah, I, I, it's just how it is often with first episodes. Is that it kind of has to start slow because it has to. It's got a lot of heavy lifting to do. Yeah, um, it's got to build the foundation. Yeah, this does not. When you see um, a house being built, you're like, oh, look how boring that slab is. Oh, they're pouring true. a slab. That but, is true. But the paint it's not interesting. And the, 
interior once design. Once the walls go in. Yeah. Yeah. Like once you start seeing walls go in and you can kind of step into a room, that's that's when building the house gets exciting. Yeah. You're like, well, look, so it's, it's, a, it's got a pool and a tennis court. I don't know whose <laughs> house this is. Probably <laughs> someone. One of the actors from this show. Uh, this episode mm. is called Right Back Where We Started. So seeing oh, that yeah. before watching, I'm like, oh, they are going to redo season one. I thought, yeah. I'm like, I thought they were just going to land back in time six days or seven days or whatever. But that is not what they did. Yeah, I hadn't thought about the title um, since watching the episode. Um, but I, I get it. Instead, they they really went back what about six decades instead. Yeah, is it almost the, exactly? It, the the so the the season one have we talked about is that that's set in what we would call the present day. Yes, yeah, I is, think it says twenty nineteen. Yeah. Oh, because they're born in nineteen eighty nine. Okay, yeah, cool. Um, it's just a weird sort of out of time version of that due to the you know with the technology stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. So this one it starts with a with a narrator doing a bit of a recap of what happened at the end of season one, which of course was um. Is the, the narrator you know, Pogo? Oh, good question. I was wondering who it was. It sounded like a familiar voice, but I wasn't. Maybe it is. Let me search for that. What? And while you tell, remind me, where was the first season? Was it in Dallas? Because they're in Dallas now. I. That's a good question. <laughs> where are they? Yeah, they weren't um, always in Dallas, were they? Or uh, were they? I'm trying to think of. Uh. This is one of these things I should have in my head. Um, I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> I don't re- remember I can... it being important, really. No. Uh, Location. Filmed in Toronto. That's okay. Useful. Oh, yeah, because that, that, um, that motel is in... Is in bloody um, Canada. Yeah, bloody uh, Canada. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sure some. <laughs> if we don't figure that out before the end of this episode, I'm sure some helpful listeners will fill us in. It's definitely not super important. No. But it's still an interesting question as to yes. whether they are where they were or whether this is they've also travelled a great distance. Yeah, because that um, means it, it makes it even more random that they would land here. But is it, or is it by design? And I guess maybe that's something we find out as it goes along. Because it's a pretty big coincidence that they land in Dallas just before the JFK assassination, which happens in Dallas, right? Yeah, the grassy the knoll thing, so is it, in Dallas. Yeah, um, but of course they don't all just land there, right? So we start with Klaus and Ben who sort of come crashing down like Five did in season one where we first saw, you know, his first appearance, crashing down from like a, a black hole sort of a vortexy sort of a situation. Yeah, um, like a, full a, lightning-y a, a, a thing. A rip in space-time. Um, and so, yeah, Klaus and Ben are the first that we see uh, coming down. They land in an alleyway um, in Dallas, as you say, in February 1960. Um, and then we see uh, Allison is the next. She lands in uh, that very same alleyway, but in 1961. Uh, and then Luther lands in 1962. Yeah. Um, we, we we see as they're landing, we see that a, a sneaky photographer is papping them as they land, just getting getting some shots. Um, and we see Diego lands in 1963. 
and then we see because um, not all of them have dates, but but Vanya lands in October of 1963. I assume that's later than when Diego lands. Yeah, they they do it in chronological order. It's like a month later, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So they're all obviously. Fairly confused. Vanya is particularly disoriented, which is fair enough. I think she can, and um, she kind of hits her head on the way down as well, and then and gets, gets hit, hit by a car. car. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple yeah, of I don't reasons why she's a bit disoriented. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. they're they're fun. I mean, they they're all fun little scenes. So, firstly, uh, Klaus has been there to bounce it off, which makes it kind of smart that they were the first ones to drop there. I guess. Yeah. Uh, and they so they're the two that help us figure out what year it is. And they might yeah. even ask, does one of them even ask the question? Not where, but when. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they and there's a guy a on the street, they ask a guy on the street, like, what year is it? And, of course, they don't answer because, <laughs> I, I mean, I would answer probably, maybe. I think yeah. I would. Yeah, I think um, I would too. I wouldn't be so weirded out by the question. Um, you know, these things happen. People travel through time. But it, do- it does feel like you're about to be punked. <laughs> What's <laughs> your, now you're just powering what? What's the trick? Am I being yeah. tricked here? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be stitched up on live on TV. This could be live um, on TV as far as you know. But that they find out that it's February 1960 by finding a magazine in a in a trash can. Yes. I would hope that they then back that up with something else because people could just be throwing out old magazines. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, they might have it's not like, been outside not like an antique <laughs> magazine store. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Rather than being at like a, a newsstand and picking up today's paper, yeah. that's what the date is. That's no, it's true. um just an old. It could magazine. have been like five year old magazine. It could be late sixties for all they knew. Yeah, then I, I mean, Allison drops. I can't really remember how she drops, but I remember uh, Luther coming down and oh no, Allison comes down and and goes into a shop, doesn't she? And they point yeah. to a thing saying she's not allowed to be in there because she's black. Yes, and it was like oh fucking hell. Um, and then Luther yeah. comes down and he has more of a comical scene where he starts yelling out Allison's name and mm. there's a man there's a man standing next to him <laughs> who just gets in on it with him. They both yeah. start yelling out <laughs> Allison in unison, which is a bit of fun. I like that, yeah. Um, then Luther, uh, sorry, that was Luther. Then Diego drops down. He's the only one who makes it look really elegant. He does a Superman land. Uh, not a Superman, superhero land where, you know, the... Yeah. Well, they do the big jump and do that sort of frog squat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he, he straight away uh, saves someone's a, purse. Cr- like fills a crime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, Vanya comes down and she gets run over instantly. So they uh, they yes. all do a little bit. Oh, and then five, of course, he's he's maybe the most important of all. He comes down only a couple of months after Vanya, and well, he lands in no, in November, so it's the or very one next month after. Yeah. Yeah, well, so- I mean, it could be. I mean, I don't. I can't remember what date in October Vanya was, but between you know, one and two months after, <laughs> weeks. Let's say weeks. Yeah. Um, and the uh, the Soviets are attacking. This is some sort of war on the streets of Dallas. Um, and I was, I, I, I don't know. I'm not American, so I was like, was there a Soviet war? I don't think there was a war in 1963. And I, um, yeah, how full on did the Cold War get? <laughs> I thought the cold part meant that it wasn't like an open battle. Yeah. Um, so maybe it just happened in winter. I, I was relieved to see that Five was just as confused as I was, right? Um, as to why the, the Soviets were there. And then it became like it felt like an Avengers scene. All the 
all the uh, superheroes were in super. All the uh, Hargreaves family were in superhero yeah. mode. What Firstly, we see them? Vanya, white eyes and everything, uh, full white violin, and just using the force to smash a bomb away or a missile or something. The force. And then who else do we see? We see oh, we see Klaus with, Klaus a, with, with an with army a, of the dead, which army is of the pretty dead, cool. Which is certain, and they just take they rip through everyone this opening scene or these scenes could be the whole episode it was wild yeah, what a hot so start to a season yeah. i was like Whoa! the whole time i'm just i'm in the bath <laughs> going <"Whoa!" laughs> of course for you new were. listeners I, I watch uh it in the bath <laughs> make a lot of those sort of said, oh my God. Uh, then luther comes in and does an even bigger superhero landing but he just sort of smashes the ground, and then I think he gets shot in the back by a missile, and it doesn't really affect him. Yeah, is that what happens? I think That's so. Pretty sick. And then um, Allison just, oh, this is probably the maybe the biggest reveal of all of it. Allison yeah. goes to three enemy members. Uh, I heard a rumor, so it's the first time that she fully got it out in the uh, from what we'd seen, apart from flashbacks. Yeah, She's like, as an I, adult, yeah. I blew your minds. And their minds, their brains all melted out their heads. Yeah. So it's it, amazing. We thought she could just manipulate people's actions, but it sounds like it's closer to the comic books than we realize, and she can actually change reality. Yeah, which is it's pretty amazing. Oh, um, that was wild, yeah. And also amazing that she, can, it, that she can speak. That's great. Yeah. Um, oh, and then we saw, uh, of course... Um, Ben was up on a rooftop with his octopus coming out his stomach. Yeah. Also creating havoc as he likes to do. I don't know if he likes to do it. Maybe it's just a job well, for him. I guess so. And then, um, and then we five see... comes in, right? Oh, yeah, five. And what he's, five he's yeah. grabbed. Well, he's just arrived. Oh, right. I was going to say, we also see Diego, oh, who yeah. has the power of the beard, is what I gather. Ah, so he has did... a beard now. Right. And still got the longer hair. Yeah, he looks quite different. So um, what does he what does he do? Yeah. I don't think he does. What does he do in any- the battle? I don't think he does anything special. Just throws um, a knife or something? <laughs> That's what he does. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he did something cool. Everyone else did he, like the the coolest thing they've ever done in the show. And yeah. it all happened like moment after moment. So I was just like, hoo, hoo, hoo. it was pretty fun. Sorry to It was really cool. Yeah, yeah. it was a, it was a great, great scene. Great to see. And yeah, so then Five is walking into the middle of this, like, going, what the fuck is going on? And um, uh, our man, bloody, what's his name? Hazel. Hazel, Hazel arrives, and he Only also looking has like the power Santa of the beard. Yeah, he's, he's all white, white-haired and bearded, and he grabs him, and he says, we've got to get out of here. And then he yep. zaps him back eight days in time. Is it? Uh, I think it was ten days. Ten days in time. Just just as uh, nukes were destroying Dallas, yes. along with the the uh, the Umbrella Academy. Um, yeah, they're so, still yeah. called the Umbrella Academy, aren't they? Or I the Hargreaves, so. whatever yeah. you want to call them. Um, yeah. So they they together they zap um, using the power of a briefcase. Um, ten days prior, where did that? Th- this doesn't matter. I was going to ask where did Hazel, Hazel get a briefcase, but. That, that, um, that's not, not important right at the minute. Yeah. Wait, um, well, didn't he He use the briefcase to, didn't he, at the end of the last one, remember? Of course. You were the one who noticed it. It was one tucked away. And then yes. he, him and yeah. uh, Donut Lady Agnes zapped away to a better a better place and time. 
to yeah. live out their retirement. For some reason, I thought Cha Cha had it, but no, yeah, he he nicked it. Nah, Cha Cha um, was obliterated <laughs> she, by the moon she explosion. Bye bye. Mary Jesus, it'd be confusing if people did just jump in. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, so Hazel is like he he explains it. Him and Agnes lived a happy twenty years, but she had just died of cancer. He said mm. we we had a great time. Um, but the apocalypse is coming again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I guess this is why it's back where we started because it's a week it's out. It's the same. From, yeah, it's basically the same again. story. The apocalypse is going to happen and we have 10 days to stop it sort of yep. thing. So, um, so uh, f- uh, Five's asking Hazel, should I think when all of a sudden we see him way before they do, but they're three blonde men are getting off a bus and they look ominous. Yeah. There's a real ominous feel about them. And they're real coming towards thugs. them. And we get like full shots of them while Hazel and Five are still talking. And then they notice them basically as they're opening fire on them. So yeah. uh, Five can't get any more answers. And unfortunately, Hazel just slipped something into his pocket. What Do, you, do we know what he slipped into his pocket? Oh, I didn't even catch that. Oh, maybe. Am I making that up? I thought he slipped something into his pocket. And he gave him into the briefcase. Pocket. Yeah, in a five's pocket. Oh, right. Yeah, I didn't notice and that at all. And he said, um, what did he say? He said, go, I guess. He said, run. <laughs> and yeah. so he sort of, he space jumped a little, just out of the line of fire. But Hazel got uh, killed, as far as we can tell. People have come yep. back from death before, but it looks like that's the end of Hazel, which is a sad moment. So quick into the yeah. season. But noble for him to to save five. Yeah, he didn't he didn't need to do that. He lived out his happy retirement. But yeah, that was that was a nice thing. And um, five, so five just gets away. But the suitcase has been shot up. It's got blue glowing bullet holes, and he says, "I told yeah, him to make so, it bulletproof." <laughs> so I wonder if that. I guess that means it's broken. Now. Yeah, I think five I, doesn't carry it with him from then on. So I guess that's. I feel it like for that. they needed to do a few things here. They needed to. They needed to give five enough information about the ap- impending apocalypse, but they also and they needed to explain how Hazel got there. But they also needed to not allow five to go back in time easily again. Yes. So that's why they got rid of the suitcase. All these plot points, yeah, narrative devices. Um, so that all checks out. Um, so five is uh, so so now five is ten days prior to that day. Um, which was November in 1963. So I guess we're still in either November, October 1963, whatever that it was. Yeah. So all um, of the family are there, and but they've just been there for different amounts of time. Five just arrived, and then yep. uh, varying times all the way back to the most established is uh, uh, bloody Klaus and Ben, who've been there for about three years or so. Mm. So... Um, Five winds up talking to this um this sort of alien conspiracy buff. Yes, how did they? How did he notices? So he looks up and notices uh he is just closing his blinds and then and so he's like, oh, this guy was watching me. Then he looks up on the roof and there's heaps of satellite dishes and stuff. He's like, yeah, oh, right. this is connected somehow. So he goes up and he um space jumps into his house after telling him he's there to sell Encyclopedia Britannica's or something. <laughs> Uh, and then he looks on the wall. He notices he's a conspiracy theorist, so he sort of plays into that a bit, yeah. And tells him I need information, 
because and he says I've been watching, and he um he goes I reckon this guy looks like so he goes I've I've seen all these things happen and all these people arrive and I saw you arrive. Uh, yeah, so it's um, this guy's the we we find out here is the guy that's been photographing them as as they've arrived in the alley. Yeah, which is a heck of a coincidence. Um, and it's but, explained you know, because he was worked at a shop downstairs. He saw a flash of light the first time, so he went up and he saw someone come through, and then he became instantly obsessed with it and was just sitting there yeah. waiting for a year for the the next one, and then another year, <laughs> and then a few months or whatever, but. Yeah. Yeah, but he dedicated guy. He noticed that Diego uh looked a lot like a guy who'd been arrested and that's because it was Diego. Um <laughs> so Five was able to go talk to Diego in prison. Yeah, so Diego's in I guess he's in this sort of group therapy situation. Um uh finally getting the therapy they probably all need at this stage mm. um except he's not really uh, he's not in it and it, it must be hard because the therapist doesn't accept the his real life right he doesn't accept that he has superpowers and all that sort of stuff so i don't think a therapist can really work when they don't have the full story or they don't accept the full story if they think yes. a big part of you is is not true, and you're like, no, it is true, then I don't really see how that therapy could work all that well. Not that I'm <laughs> some therapy expert, but that doesn't Yeah, that way would be that would be difficult. Um, you need uh, openness and honesty and understanding uh, for therapy to work, I believe. Yeah. Um, but uh, and then there's a scene which is, I don't know if you've seen Terminator 2 recently, but it's a classic Terminator, basically the same as the scene in Terminator 2. Right. Where, um, I haven't seen Terminator uh, 2. What? Yeah, so I... Oh, man. I'm sure I've seen bits of it, uh, like the yeah, where you he gets frozen up in the in the gas or whatever and his legs break yep. off. Yep. And maybe when oh. he says, I will be back here soon or something like that, some classic... Something like that, yeah, it's one of those. Uh, yeah, no, it, there's... Um... Get out of here, baby. This is one of another <laughs> yep. lines I remember. Um, Sarah Connor from the from Terminator 1 um, is, is in therapy... Oh, uh, she's in there. Up. Oh, no, she wasn't what? in this scene. No. Not in this okay, scene, no. I'm just saying there's, like, there's wow, a scene. I like, wow, I really in- missed that reference. <laughs> there is a scene in Terminator 2 where Sarah Sarah Connor is in a, an asylum sort of a situation and uh, the therapist doesn't believe that the, that the the world is going to end, that Terminators exist. He's like, no, that's great. And she's playing along with it. She's like, I get it. Uh, you know, I'm feeling much better now. All my all these delusions have started to fade away, and I think I might be ready to 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 be released soon. Do you think I might be ready to be released soon? And then the doctor, fuck, what's his name? He's he's great. Um, is like, yeah, well, you know, you you are doing really well. You're showing real progress, and and we'll um we'll reassess it in you know maybe six months. And she's like, six months. You see, and 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 she breaks. Right. And and that's too long. The world's the gonna end by then. Yeah. yeah, which is what he um, says. He said ninety days. That's too long. Yeah, so it's um yeah really um oh so that's clearly basically, a, basically a the same sort of I I don't know whether nod. it's a conscious thing it's yeah I don't know whether conscious. it's a conscious thing or not that's a very big I, film someone on the production would have noticed 
maybe. But it's the same vibe that yeah, they don't they don't believe Diego. He's trying to play along so that he'll get released, but um, but uh, it, it's not to be so. But he he's but not he saying because of the end of the world. He's saying because he's trying to save Kennedy. He's like someone's gonna shoot Kennedy. So this yeah. is again. This is like this is he knows this is truth, but they think he's um he's uh, deluded. Mm. Uh yes, and then um five arrives is uh, to to visit has obviously tracked him down at this um uh, asylum sort of a place, and uh, we find out here that Diego w- was arrested because he was outside Lee Harvey Oswald's house. Um, he was going to try and I guess kill Lee Harvey Oswald, mm. um, or at least stop him from uh. Assassinating JFK, right? Yeah, mate. Well, maybe he was gonna go around and just be like, "Hey, how cool's J- JFK?" Um, <laughs> yeah, it'd be a real shame if anything ever happened to him. I think he's a great guy. He's actually my uncle, and he gave me a present, and he's he's real <laughs> nice. So yeah, I just thought you should get the full picture. Maybe he was gonna try yeah. something like that, so a softly, yeah, softly yeah. approach. Yeah, that you know that could work. Um, so um, and, and I guess five. Uh, Diego's thinking five's gonna um get him out. So Diego's talking about he he wants to that five is talking about the apocalypse coming up. Diego seems to be bent on saving JFK. Yeah. I don't know why Diego is bent on that, but then he also says um he wants to go back in time again, uh further back and take care of Hitler while he's at it. Yeah. I, I think Diego is just on some sort of a crusade to uh, stop all the horrors of the of history. Yeah, maybe. he says. Well, he, and that's what people are saying. He's got a hero complex. That's what they're saying yeah. in the thing. When that daddy issues and a hero complex, and yeah. both of those things may be true as well. Uh, almost certainly. But he, um, I it, feel, it must have felt like fate because he arrived. When he arrived, he looked up and Kennedy was doing his famous speech. Look, yeah, ask what not what you can do for your country or whatever. He's doing it. Live on a TV in a shop front window, so he maybe he was like, "Well, this is this is my path." It, yeah, it must have felt like it. That's fate. a sign. Yeah, yeah. Um, so because Diego Diego's bent on that stuff, five, I guess, decides that he's not particularly useful at the moment. I guess, and rather than sort of, uh, you know, freeing him, um, if if he even has the power to do that, probably not, but. Um, instead of helping him, he could. He, he could have. Uh, I mean, he was able to take him fifty years back in time. I reckon he could have jumped him oh, through the bars. Yeah. Uh, yes, he could have done that. Obviously, with with powers or something. But I, I don't think he could have convinced them to release no. him. You know what I mean? Um, but he did the opposite he, of that. He he, 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 does <laughs> he told him that he's uh, he's trying to escape, and they sedated him. And he, yeah. but then he whispered in his ears as he was being knocked out. He said. I'll be back for you now. Sleep, sleep tired, or something like that. Yeah, uh, not much comfort, I imagine, for poor Diego. No. Um, yeah, and then we see we see what Vanya is up to. She's she's sort of at this family home and just surprisingly normal. Um, so we're not exactly sure what's going on there. I guess blowing up the moon is cathartic. Um, and she's sort of blown off for steam, and she's she's fine now. I don't know. Um, we don't get a lot of information here. I guess a family has taken her in. They talk about her. Um, her I think they've put out a, a, a missing persons ad yeah. for her. So I guess the story here is that she's, suf- I assume, suffering memory loss. She doesn't 
And I, that's what that's I, my- I figured because she hit her head and got knocked by the car. Unless, yeah. Unless this is, yeah, she's just like, I don't know where I am. This is my best option to survive. Yeah. Like, I've so just- we don't know whether. If I tell them the true story, I'm going to end up in there with Diego. So maybe she's like, it's smarter to just um, say I don't remember anything and that way you don't even have to come up with a story. You just have to commit to not remembering. Yeah. But uh, she would have had to have come up with that pretty quickly though. So it feels uh, more likely that she has just lost her memory to me. Yeah, that that seems to be what's going on, um, unless we see otherwise. Yeah, um, and she's not like she's seems very normal, and you know she's not white eyed, and you know all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, she anymore. seems real chilled out. She's just helping out around the house. She's just been a really yeah. good house guest. I mean, she feels like she's very lucky to have been let into this family and welcomed mm. in. Basically, it seems like like a cousin or a you know a, a relative. It's what it feels yeah. like. Yeah. So that was kind of um, nice. But the, so the mum that she's staying with seems really cool. The kids doesn't say a lot, but the dad talks way too much. And yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, he's just like a a cliched salesman. And you're like, oh, we're yeah. not meant to like this guy very much, I don't think. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess she hasn't been there very long either. She's only been there a matter of weeks because... Again, she landed in October yes. and it's either October or November in, in the same year. So, um, she's, I guess, settled in pretty pretty uh, quickly in this family. Yeah. The salesman um, dad, yeah, says something like, hey, so no one's still called about you? Put another ad in the paper. <laughs> and then she mm. says something like, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess I'm just not the kind of person people miss. Yeah. And the, and the mom, the lovely mom said something like, Hey, we uh, we'd be missing you already. So, <laughs> the dad's an a hole and the mum's a legend. I'm seeing that um, Pogo Adam Godley's in this episode voice only, so I reckon he was the narrator. Oh, yeah, it must be because yeah, how, we don't see Pogo. How's he narrating? Otherwise. I guess he's just narrating from the afterlife or something. From the afterlife, yeah, maybe through Klaus. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, you got a narrating gig through Klaus. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I, I also guess that, yeah, right. Because the other thing is Vanya, by, you know, by them putting out a missing persons ad, is is advertising that she's there to everyone else. But I guess none of none of them have seen that. Um, otherwise, they maybe would have tried to get in touch with her or at least suss out what she's doing. Um, Oh, sorry, just to have another sidetrack. I've just found an article yep. on CheatSheet.com that says, many fans of the Umbrella Academy are unclear about where and when the Netflix series takes place. According to the creators of the series, that's the way fans are supposed to feel. So it's just, Oh, okay. It's just well, a, we were right to yeah, be confused. Great. We're playing right into their <laughs> hands. Um. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
So, okay, so we um we see uh, Klaus and Five. What are they up to? They're on the road to Dallas. We don't know where they've been. Uh, but they, as you say, they've been, been here the been, longest, right? Well, according to the uh, fandom uh, synopsis of this episode, I think it said, I thought it said they were coming from Sand. I thought it said it was they were coming from San Francisco, but that might not be right. There, Ben wants to go to San Francisco. Oh, that's my um, good I, I saw. But but Klaus is going to Dallas. We don't know why. Klaus has a bold new look, um, with a, a bit of a beard sort of thing happening. And yeah, a, he looks kind of yeah, like a I don't know what does he look like. It's kind of it's like a plaited <laughs> beard. It's a real stylized look, whatever it is. It's sort of a kind of yeah. Yeah, I can't quite put my finger on it, but. Um, kind of like a '60s, maybe a spiritual yeah, sort of thing, but I'm not. I'm not really like, sure. Uh, Mike Myers and the Guru, that facial hair he had, but <laughs> yeah. not as. Oh, that was a bad film. <laughs> I never saw it, but yeah, uh, I believe it's. It's Raiders good that you didn't see it. Worst of all time. <laughs> there is one good joke, and the rest of the film okay, is garbage. Okay, a good joke. Uh, Marushka Hagate, Marushka Hagate. That's a very good joke. It's, it makes me laugh uh, it, every what time. Does it mean? So he's a he's the love guru, and his um. The thing that he says, his like little mantra thing when he says he greets people and everything, he says Murushka Hagate. That's his sort of his uh, mantra. Um, and, but Murushka Hagate is uh, an actress. She plays the lead in Law and Order SVU. Oh. It's just her name. And uh, and she's she has a cameo in the film. He goes up to her and he says, Murushka Hagate, Murushka Hagate. It's very funny. Okay. Um, <laughs> 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 oh, it's. Oh, it makes me laugh. Okay. <laughs> um, where were we? So, their car breaks down. Ben, So, Ben and Klaus are driving to Dallas. Um, their car breaks down. Ben is saying he has has some sort of unfinished business in San Francisco. Right. He needs to go there. We don't know why. I, at least, I don't, I don't think we know why Klaus is going to going. He says back to Dallas. I'm not sure why. Um, uh, well, I mean, that, like I say, they've been... They've been in the sixties for three or so years, so they maybe they've been to both San Francisco and Dallas. Yeah, well, they well they've definitely been to Dallas because that's where they arrived. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, not not a lot of information there, but um, th- there's also this thing where it it does seem like Klaus is giving Ben physical form, I suppose, because when they're talking about this, you know, Ben wants to go to San Francisco, Klaus wants to go to Dallas. They, they, you know, it said they can't, they can't go their separate ways because Ben is reliant on Klaus to, like, he's stuck with Klaus basically. Right. Um, and then, and then they sort of have a brawl, which again is like in that that season one where they're able to physically make contact. So I thought maybe Ben is now just a regular oh. person, basically, as long as he's around Klaus. However, we find out that's not the um, case soon after, don't we? Yeah, because a car drives past and we see that yes. Klaus, at least from the outside perspective. Is uh, wrestling with himself. So Ben is still invisible to other people, but he has, but he is able to physically yeah. make contact with Klaus. So that it's still a bit unclear what the rules are here. Um, but anyway, that so their car's broken down. They're on foot. Um, they go to this pub, uh, and the the a pub publican uh, says that uh, the the next bus to Dallas is tomorrow, three o'clock tomorrow. Um, so they got a bit of time to kill. Klaus plays poker uh, with some yeah. some sh- shady yeah, dudes. Yeah, he's invited in the pub. into the game. Uh, they clearly see yep. an easy target there, yep. not realizing uh, that he has a ghost who can help him cheat. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Ben stands sort behind. Of he's standing behind <laughs> them, looking at their cards while Klaus is playing. 
Yes. But, but he, somehow um, he's still losing all... He's like, that's all the money I've got. So he's losing anyway, right? Or he's all yeah, in at um, least. Ben, ben fucks over Klaus here because um, Ben's like... He, he t- says what the hand is and then... Yeah, he um, says he's bluffing. Know, what poker is. But, also, but yeah. at the same... But already... Uh, the guy goes, let's make it more interesting. How about you put your goal? Uh, he he goes, yeah, let's make it more interesting. And Klaus is like, that's all the money I've got. So even if he is cheating, he's not cheating very well because he, he, he's mm. all in. And then um, uh, Ben says to him, which no one can hear but Klaus, is bluffing. So he goes, all right, I'll put that in, but you got to put the keys to your truck in. So they do that. And then it turns out that Ben has fucked him over. He actually did have something. He had a full house. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but Klaus uh, grabs the grabs the keys anyway and, and goes to run. The guy goes, hey, you got sticky fingers? And he says, yeah, bad IBS. <laughs> it's real bad being me or something <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, so Klaus is kind of ready for a fight there, but, um, but Ben refuses to help him. He's just like, yeah, we're going to take you down. And then Ben's like, no, you're on your but own. But didn't you notice uh, something happened there? Like Ben became sort of blue visible for a second. And it looked like the yeah. other guy saw, like the other gambler saw him. Yeah. So I think that was Klaus trying to- uh, Bring him into the physical realm. Bring him into the physical realm. And then um, Ben's like, no, nah, I'm <laughs> out of here. Um, that wasn't enough to freak out the other guys. That was still just like, huh? Or did yeah. they not see him? It looked to me like they saw him, but weren't really yeah, as freaked out as they should be. <laughs> um, yeah, it feels like Klaus and Ben are kind of uh, a, a, combined. They make a superhero yeah. uh, at the moment because I guess Klaus is at least not right at this moment, not able to just bring up some some corpses to <laughs> yeah to to help himself out. He's still reliant on Ben to do the the ass whooping. Um, anyway, so they run off. They steal the truck. Yeah, and they're on the run. <laughs> um, we see. So Allison seems to be going well. She's checked up with a guy, um, and they're married. They've been married for a while. They're coming up to an anniversary. Must so be one year, but they, they must have got married pretty quick, right? Because she, yeah, so she Allison lived in sixty-one. <coughs> so I get. Oh, maybe they. So met, this is two years. They later. might have met very quickly, dated for a year, and then got married. People used to get married pretty quickly. I think back in the day, but. Yeah. Either way, they got married pretty quickly, but they seem like a seem like a good couple. Um, yep. They seem very happy. Uh, his yeah. name is Raymond, I think, and they mm. uh, they're um, uh, fighting for fighting against segregation and racism in the in the US. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he's excited that they got mentioned in the papers that day. So he's home and says, check it out. Paragraph two, line three, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Fun. Uh and then they're they're looking to have a like a peaceful protest of some sort. Um Yeah, they're organizing a maybe went for so when JFK's sort of... coming to town. Um yeah, that that would make sense. But but um... and they're so they're meeting at uh, at uh, it's a barber shop. A barber shop, yeah. And um, they're meeting with other people from the community about what they're going to do. And they're saying, mm. no matter what, we can't afford any violence or any 
any disrespect or anything at all. It needs to be just all um, very spot on in whatever way they're talking about. Yeah. Um, but then this asshole knocks on the front door just to be an <laughs> asshole, clearly. Yeah. Uh, is he an authority or something? I think, I think it's this is just showing how in the 60s, you know, even more so, you could just be that open where this uh, white businessman comes in and goes, what are you guys doing here? Hey, this is our yeah. shop. What's it got to do with you? <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Um, you can't just have black people meeting and, together in, the, in an evening. That's not allowed. And he said, so. um, he's like, well, I own some business around this area. I don't really, I like it to be quiet. And then uh, Allison comes to the door and says, well, lucky this isn't your building or something like that. And he <laughs> says, yet. What a weird threat. Um, and then, so they're like, anyway, thanks for stopping by. And then he shoves his door, a foot in the door as they try and close it. And he goes to um, Raymond, you you just slammed that door on my foot on purpose. Like he was trying to, it was like he was trying to get a free haircut or something. <laughs> yeah. What, what he, oh, you know, uh, and then um, Allison. Obviously, she couldn't take any more of his shit. So she grabbed his arm, bent it backwards, and kicked him out onto the street. Embarrassing him. Yeah. There was a few people hanging out, uh, having a bit of a laugh at him. People inside the meeting didn't look quite so happy because they'd just been talking about <laughs> the non-violent, non-violent approach. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so you go, it's like you're kind of hoping that this was just a sweet moment where this asshole got his comeuppance and not... Yeah. Is this going to have a consequence later? We don't, obviously, it don't know. It probably will. Yeah. Um, but uh, I yeah, imagine so... he'll get a second comeuppance if that does. <laughs> Which is something to look forward to, I guess. He was like, yeah. oh man, that guy sucks so much. <laughs> um, so, and we, we'll see around this time that, that Luther is uh, boxing. He's doing some boxing. All right, this is my turn to notice some sort. This felt like a. Um, not the Terminator 2, but this felt like a real X-Men scene where Wolverine oh. was, I think maybe in the first X-Men film, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine was fighting like an un- in an underground boxing thing where he'd basically um, let the guy seem like they're a chance for a while and then finish him off and sort of, yeah. sort of rigged fighting basically. And that was exactly what Luther was doing as well. Put on a he was show. He was just, getting uh, beaten a bit, and then he uh, he looked out in the crowd, and a guy nodded, and then he took the guy down and broke his arm. Um, because the guy pulled a knife, actually. But yes. it's wild that anyone would take on Luther. He's like he's shirt yeah. off now. Like he's not even hiding. It's like why is anyone thinking they could fight this guy? He's an <laughs> yeah. ape man. Yeah, and because Pogo's gone, he's the only thing. Allowing us to keep doing this show on primates. Although Pogo did narrate. So there's a chimp butler narrator. Still there in spirit. Um Yeah, so that's that's a a bit of fun. And he he wins some money and then gives some money to a guy. Yeah, so it feels Um, like he's working for some sort of underground crime thing. Yeah, so we and we see a little bit more of that later. Um, we see uh, a bit more of Vanya kind of bonding with um, the the woman of the the family, uh, Sissy, I think her name is. Um, and I think 
Uh, I think from this conversation, so Sissy's talking about leaving her husband. Is that what's oh, is right. that what is going on here? Yeah, the guy, this guy Carl, um, who just seems like a real, you know, just a loser kind of, but not not a I not guess. a not really a lo- like a probably from the outsider seen as like a real slick successful guy. You know what I mean? He's a loser, but he's yeah. kind of a winner as well. I wonder if maybe I'm just sus on this guy but um because he in the previous scene we saw he was like he, he'd come home for dinner or whatever and then was ducking back out to work late um a- again yeah and i wonder if that i wonder if he's cheating on wait Sissy. i'm pretty sure we see him oh do we luther's place of business don't we he's just out partying oh oh well there you go didn't we see him he was the one who was giving trouble to you remember so after this we uh luther's at uh, he's working as sort of security at a strip club. Yeah. And do you remember when um, oh, is that he's, the chatting, same guy? he's chatting to someone who works there and she goes, it's pretty quiet, just waiting for the big tippers. And he says, should we be worried about this guy um, who's who's chatting to Miss the boss? And they're like, not at the moment, but I'm pretty sure that was the guy. Yeah, He was right. drunk, okay, I didn't notice drunk that. and just talking to the underground boss. Right. So working late means out of the club, yeah. basically. Being dr- a drunken pest. Uh, and then she, the, uh, I think she was like a cigarette sales person in that. Is that what she was doing? She was going around with a tray, or maybe she was a waitress. Yeah. And she goes, oh, I'm less worried about that drunken pest who's basically Vanya's um, host. Uh, I'm not worried about it. I'm worried about the boy down there. <laughs> In the front row. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's in his school uniform, as always. It's five. And then Luther goes yeah. up to talk to him for a bit. And he, five tells Luther that the end of the world's coming. And we expect <laughs> Luther to be like, all right, let's get the team back together. But he goes, I couldn't give less of a shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't blame yeah. him. It is a bit like well, this again. Like, it's, you know, it is the same thing that. Happened last time five rocked up. Like, that's not what you want to yeah. hear. Um, I'm just keeping my life together. He's, Leave he's me doing alone. fine. Yeah. Um, there's a, a scene, the scene, uh, we've just skipped over a scene with uh, Diego again. We see him in, the, in his padded cell because oh, right. obviously it didn't go down so well um, uh, after five's visit. Um, uh, and the, the music there, a, a cover of Crazy by Niles Barkley plays. Oh, yeah. There's, there's more about- songs in this than first season. I reckon they realized that. People enjoyed mm. the soundtrack a bit, so they've they squeeze in a lot more songs. Previous to this, we already yeah. had um, "Right Back to Where We Started From" by Maxine Nightingale at the start of the episode, which is they love a literal yeah, they do literal love song choice. Literal stuff. <laughs> then they had "My Way" by Frank Sinatra, "Trying" by Fran Powers. I wonder what the future holds for me. Glenn Snow, another kind of literal one. <laughs> "Rocket Fuel" by DJ Shadow. You're a DJ Shadow fan, aren't you? Uh, yeah, that's DJ Shadow and Della Soul, I think. it's uh, That's a great song. I love that song. And then we heard, yeah, the crazy cover by Daniela Andrade. Another great song. Um, and so Diego's in a, a padded cell. He, he manages to undo his straight jacket. He's got a concealed pen and he's able to use that to to pick the lock, I guess, and escape from yeah, his Yeah, and to get, it, his cell. to get out of his straight jacket, he has to dislocate his shoulder. Super painful looking. Yeah. Pretty brutal. So he's 
Is that how Houdini used um, to do it? Yeah, maybe. But I think if Houdini did it, I think he was double jointed or something. <laughs> like Diego had to rip his <laughs> arm out of its socket, and it looked very yeah. painful. Uh, so he, yeah, he escaped, um, and that was quite a big thing. He uh, alarms went off, and all of a sudden the blonde guys were back from the start. Yeah, so one of the blonde guys, he sort of this feels totally unnecessary to me. But one of the blonde guys, he he, he comes in uh, dressed as a milkman <laughs> um, so and delivers some milk, and 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 to the warden or the guard or whatever. And 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 the guy's like, a "Little late for milk, isn't it?" And then the guy pulls out a shotgun <laughs> yeah, and shoots, shoots him. him in the what was the point of well, that? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> Why don't you just walk in and just, shoot it him? It feels <laughs> like these three blonde guys just feel like they're aliens in human form or something. Don't there's something about it that just doesn't seem ah. right, and it felt like. That was them trying to, like, any human would know that that is an awful disguise for a nighttime yeah. break. Yeah. I just, there's yeah, something real point. weird about them, like, they're, I, but I also assume they're from the commission. Well, yeah, I wonder that as well, although we haven't seen anyone like them from the, no. com- like, we've seen commission thugs before um, in different forms, but we haven't seen anyone like that. So, it's a, yeah, it's a, obviously we we don't know where they're from at this stage, but they are certainly bent on, um, yeah, I suppose on on killing the the because they went Academy after people. five at the start, and now they're yeah. going after Diego, so that makes sense. And they also the other thing I thought maybe they're something to do with the Soviet Union. Because I don't know because yeah, well, they're, they're blonde. I'm not sure why I thought that. Yeah, they're sort of Aryan, aren't they? There's that. That could could be that. But is the are the Russians Aryan? That was more Nazi stuff. Oh no, that, that was a German thing. That was a Nazi were, thing. Like, they were they were against. They were on other so, separate sides. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not sure I why know. I thought that, but they, I don't know. They just had it. There's a something different about them, and I'm not sure what it is. But I feel like <laughs> if yeah. they're humans, they're superhumans, and yeah, no, I don't think aliens exist in this world, so it's probably not aliens, but. Something. Um, it feels yeah. like they're and like a. I'm I'm guessing they're like a special squad from the commission. Yeah, because the commission feel like they're not not a hundred percent in touch with reality anyway. So that could be right. A bit of a reason why they're not quite fitting. Yeah, in, the, you know. Yeah, um, I think that a milkman is a good costume or or disguise or the other thing they could be is they could be from the Soviet Union, but they might be some of the other superhero kids. Yeah, but also there's not. I don't think we've seen any indication that they have any powers at this stage. They've just got guns. No, guns. Blazing. That's true. Yeah, they wouldn't. Why would they be using guns if they had superpowers? Well, I mean, then like Hazel and Chacha are some. They seem kind of superhuman in that they're. They yeah. seem like a pretty even match with the Umbrella Academy Luther. people. Um, yeah. and they still use guns. I, I don't know. They're uh, lots, lots of um guessing to yeah. be done here i think well i guess that's i mean these are the they've set up a bunch of questions which yeah. is what makes a show like this interesting and then they'll slowly reveal all the info to us but uh who um someone a new character helps diego out we met her in the opening scene where he was in therapy yeah uh her name is leela leela pitts played by uh ritu aya she seems fun yeah, she seems. I you get the feeling. I assuming she's going to be hanging around, but she because she is listed in the um, 
in star under starring. So yeah, I assume right. she's a recurring character. She's uh, and she's got a British accent. Mm. So it's interesting that yeah. So as opposed to Klaus, who could have easily been English because yeah. the kids were born all around the world, they got him to speak with an American accent. Yeah, uh, although he whereas- was raised. From a, from a baby in oh, America, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. Sorry, that was silly. <laughs> well. Very good point. Um, but this Hargraves has an English accent, doesn't he? Uh, oh, the dad Hargraves. point. Sort of. Yeah, so Reggie. Often accents, the ones, accents that really stand out to me are Australian accents. Yeah. For, in American shows. Totally. But American and English ones kind of aren't that noticeable, but for some reason- Leela's one is pretty seems to stand out a bit. Yeah, totally. Um, it's yeah, pretty pretty pronounced, I guess. Um, yeah, she, she's a bit of fun. So she, um, so Diego is basically he's he's sort of escaping separately to all these um, the, the the weirdos arriving. Um, Leela helps him escape, pops his uh, shoulder back in, <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, and 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 knocks out a, a guard to sort of help him. And so she's like, I'm coming with you. You're not the only one bloody escaping out of this place. Uh, and then, of course, they encounter the um, the, the gun-wielding trio. Um, and uh, there's a, a cool sort of, you know, action scene, as, as there tends to be, um, to the to the music of Coming Home Baby by Mel Torme. It's a, a great song. I like it a lot. Yeah, which in Australia is a – there was a sitcom that ran for a few seasons called – Upper Middle Bogan, and that was the theme song from that. Yeah, right. See, I didn't even know that. I only knew that song because um, there's a like a DJ producer named Ski Whiff, who's great, um, and he has a, a version of Coming Home Baby, which is great. Right. Um, Do you know what uh, Mel Tomei's nickname was? No. What was it? The Velvet Fog. Ah, that's uh, a pretty fun nickname. It's interesting. <laughs> the Velvet Fog. fog. <laughs> I wonder what was foggy about him. I, I think it's. I imagine that's about his voice, right? It just sort of it washes a over fog you. Is sort of all encompassing and and velvet is smooth. Uh, that's what I was assuming. He um, he's he really fills a room with his energy. He's got a great so voice. It's sort of like fog does. Yeah, he's kind of like a, a Sinatra esque sort of a crooner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the word. Um, so that all happens. They and they manage to give these guys the slip. Uh, and 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 get away, uh, and then and then there's the scene. The 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 end scene is is the one with Luther um, and five, and Luther basically going, I don't care. The world is ending. <laughs> uh, get out of here. So yeah, I mean, and then the final song is uh, "You Only Want Me When You're Lonely" by Jim Boyd. <laughs> so they're able to go into a more of a. I guess they they lean in even further with some of these. 60s vibes because a lot of these songs not all of them are from the 60s but Mm. uh, a lot of them are more of that old school style it's um great episode so much happens um oh i reckon it's one of my favorite episodes yet yeah and i love that it was in the 60s (laughs) you know we were talking about where it might be yeah so stoked i think this is i mean the show obviously already loved the 60s because they just had little nods to it in the first season anyway. Mm. So it fully made sense that that's where they would go. And then the JFK thing to um, give them a, you know, a reason to be there. Yeah. But I wonder why is this, is it coincidence and is 
his um when he zapped him to the past it was just wherever the energy took him mm. or is this where the commission wants him or something else is this fate or yeah are there other powers at play these blonde guys did they somehow draw him there yeah, lots of questions. And also, I, I guess this is a, a place that, or a time that Five has been before as well, because he, you know, was tasked with yes. um, preventing the assess- No. Either, pre- yeah, preventing or making sure it's. No, I think it was making sure it still happened. Yeah, right. Because okay. they're all about keeping history as it was. Yeah. So I assume it was, yeah, he was there when he was working for the commission to make sure that JFK died. And yeah, maybe it was just he he'd already because I don't know how this time travel stuff works. If he's like blasting a path each time he does it, like some sort of physical thing through time. Yeah. And if that was the case, it was maybe just the path of least resistance. Yeah. It was like he it was just like he redialed or something on a phone call. I mean, I wonder if if five was was taking down Diego when he was working for the commission. Um. <gasps> Oh, I, I, like I wonder, I wonder if these things oh. overlap and interact, or whether whether this is kind of like a, just a separate timeline. So they're all alternate yeah, dimension. Alm- you know, sometimes, yeah. I mean, I I love it when things all come together like that in a way, but then that also means that it's like, oh, so everything they did the whole way along was always going to happen. There's something <laughs> kind of hollow about that. Yeah, um, yeah. It's kind of nice for things to to, to to sort of come back again, but um. Sometimes it just feels like they're being a little bit too clever or too neat, yeah, and tidy. And then you're like, oh, so you're saying that it's just fate <laughs> that that was all, that that was always going to happen? Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I was I really liked this episode a lot. I think they turned it up on special effects. A lot of cash was spent in that opening <laughs> yeah. scene, superhero scene when they uh, when Five got to Dallas. Yeah. It's great. We so like, great shots there. We've so, have seen so little of them kind of in action as yeah. as a squad of crime fight, you know, crime fighters or you know saving the world sort of thing. Um, so that was a, a bit of a treat, and it feels yeah. kind oh, there, of. There's a lot of great shots. I really love this shot of uh, I think Diego coming to in the padded cell. They started up real close on his eye, yeah. darting around, and then pulled back. I thought that was. Real nice shot as well. Just yeah, it's just a very pretty show. Yeah. Um, the uh, it, it feels like this. Uh, aside from the world ending soon, um, it kind of feels nice for some of them. Like it feels like a, an opportunity to have a new beginning and start a new life yeah. for people like um, Luther like and Allison. Allison. Um, yeah. Allison seems maybe quite even happy. Vanya. And yeah, I think Vanya as well. Potentially, we don't. Again, we don't know whether she's. If she genuinely has memory loss, then I mean, I guess it is her starting a new life because yeah, I, I mean, she knows her name, so that's an interesting one. Does but, she know her name? Well, they call her Vanya, so okay. unless they have some other way of. I wonder if she was. Yeah, maybe she had her ID. Yeah, she had a wallet. But that or would something. have a that would have a use by date on it, which would have been confusing. Her use by date. Well, you know, a license. What do you call it? Oh, when right, an expiry or right. expiry date. So you meant like a birthday? But uh, my head's still in <laughs> the milkman. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but Vanya seems happy, and and Luther is yes. he's working as a, I guess a bodyguard or a security guard or some sort of you know he's he's working he's making money he's he's making a life for himself. Um, really, with Vanya, we've never seen her super happy. The happiest she got was when um, uh, Peabody was <laughs> um, sort of being acting like a good boyfriend briefly. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, Before and after that, she was pretty miserable. Totally. She she had a miserable so, childhood and- This really is a chance for her to have a second yeah, chance of, if she's, a happy life. If she's forgotten her siblings, then she doesn't have the that burden of, of you know, feeling less than them and, and kind of all the anger around that. I Yeah, it-, it Feels like a better place for them all to be, except for, yeah. of course, Diego, who's not in a great place right now. Um, and but he's got—I mean, he's got purpose. Yeah, and he's got a new friend, and he's escaped. Yeah, so maybe he's fine. Yep. <laughs> um, This—I feel like this is wherever he was. This is the kind of life he's living. He's going to be in and out of jail. Yeah, he's going to be a vigilante no matter yeah. where he is, <laughs> whatever time or place he's in. So. Um, yeah, and- I, th- I think you're kind of right, and I think yet again five coming along with this. <laughs> uh, if if it happens, because basically what we figured out in the first season was if they didn't try to stop the apocalypse, the apocalypse wouldn't have happened. Yeah. So so is it going to be the same again that they're just bringing it on by him trying to stop it? Although he wasn't even there this first time when it happened. Uh, yes, that's a good point. Um, although that was true the first time around as well. Uh. Yeah, right. Yeah, that is that's that's right. So maybe I need to think more about. Was that. he? But he must have He's, been. He, he time jumped it. Remember? You mean he jumped till he, after it? Yeah, he jumped till after. But it, when so it actually he happened, there. he was there. But we don't know. We don't know exactly how it happened the first time. But we do know that he jumped through that time, so he didn't exist in it. He'd space jumped through it, remember? He was walking down the street oh, and he right. jumped past it. That's why he survived. Oh, I see. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay, fuck, time is complicated. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, interesting. He made no difference, or, you know, to the yeah, end so result, I guess. Yeah, so he came back to try and stop it and it happened somewhat similarly. Yeah. Or, no, hang on. <laughs> it's funny that we still haven't really got answer in season one. <laughs> but so he remember because what he thought was the apocalypse was just the rubble of the Umbrella Academy and that the actual apocalypse didn't happen until the next day. What? Surely not. But then he was there for that. Ah, oh. but no, that's what they said, remember, because on the last episode or the, ep- the second last episode, Fania blew up the thing and then it wasn't until the next day when the um the moon exploded yeah but i mean both of those things had happened no hang on yeah right so when he was in the future in the apocalypse he he thought it was the apocalypse even though just the academy had been destroyed yeah you walk down the street a little bit and go hang on a minute is the rest everything else's (laughs) oh fuck i don't know that's confusing Look, if I'm anyone sure that, knows, uh, yeah. let us, obviously it's let us clear. Know. Like a multi-million-dollar TV show, they figure out all this stuff, but yeah, it just hasn't. I mean, it doesn't matter that much, and that's why we didn't worry about it the first time around. But <laughs> I obviously didn't even think about those things the first time around. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, anyway. be interesting to see. I'm I'm all the way in on this already. Season two, loving it. Uh, everyone's just firing on all cylinders. Yeah. I, um, well, Vanya is sort of, I mean, she, her story lines are always sort of the, the kind of the bummer ones, really, aren't they? Uh, yeah, I guess so. But this one, she's got a cool, she's, her housemate's kind of cool. I hope she gets a more positive plot line. But we, one. I mean, we see her in a, in 10 days time. She's flying through the air, 
moving missiles with a yeah. mind. So that's what I was so thinking at the happens. end of that's the, what I was thinking at the end of this episode is that there's a lot of personal development going on between where they are now and where we've just seen that they they get to in 10 days. Yeah. Like they go from obviously not caring that the world is ending to not being in contact with each other, not you know, not really using their powers um really much except maybe Klaus doing a bit of a sneaky um, you know, and probably a game or whatever. And probably yeah, Diego doing a bit of sneaky stuff too. Um but yeah, they go from that to basically being a, you know, a crime fighting force. Not crime fighting, I keep saying that. They're saving the world basically of of fighting a war um in just 10 days, which is pretty um I mean even the idea that a war could advance to that stage in 10 days is pretty yeah. pretty nuts. Yeah, it's um, like everyone's living as if there's no huge war that's coming. Yeah, but obviously there's something to do with the these these three goons that are trying to take right. him down. I, I suppose has would have something to do with that, but I yeah but possibly not even who knows. Yeah, um, how does how do huge Russian armies or Soviet armies get to the United States in this ten day period? If I mean maybe the American government's aware of them coming. Yeah, maybe. Maybe maybe something's going on that we just don't know about. But yeah, that's interesting. Anyway, I'm looking forward to episode two. We'll we'll find yeah. out more next week. Uh, let's go to a few uh, listener messages. If you've got any messages or questions you want to send through, there's a link in the show notes. Uh, click on that, and you can either select which specific episode you want me to read out the message on, or um, you can just write a general message. This one uh, comes from late last season. This is from Grant in Ontario. He was one who wrote to us about the motel in Canada. Which, oh, yeah. Uh, is from well, North- I mean, he lives where they film the show. Yeah, well, that's right. Well, that's what he said. He was just he said he uh, he wanted to confirm that Shits Creek was also filmed at the same location, which I think we mentioned maybe yeah. in that episode. And he said he was driving by there today and there were a lot of people pulled over taking selfies in front of it. Of course. It was rather dangerous, actually, as the road isn't very wide. I had to drive on the wrong side of the road to avoid running down tourists. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Thanks, Grant. If I'm honest, I think I would probably also do that. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. I'd I would, stop, I I'd would stop and take a photo. Certainly be stopping for a photo there. Yeah. That's the motel from the scene in the second, the first season of Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Um, and also an NBA player by. lived there. For a couple of years as well. Yeah, interesting, eh? From the Denver Nuggets, I think. Living in a motel. All right. Well, and there's we've got four uh, messages specific to this episode, uh, season one episode, uh, season two episode one. Sorry. So we'll get through these. If I think we got a few minutes, Evo. Um, sure. This one comes from Gary J from the UK, and Gary writes, just wondering. How good did you think the special effects were when the Academy was taking on the armies? <laughs> there you go. Uh, you commented I, on well, it. <laughs> Gary, I loved it. I thought it was so good. I'm like, it was it was blockbuster movie quality. Or or is that is that what it felt like because I was expecting Netflix uh web series quality well, and it was look Netflix Netflix puts money into things. I think yeah. maybe we just um I like I don't know if th- the special effects weren't bad in the first season. Maybe they just weren't going all out. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, it seemed about the same. Or 
Maybe it wasn't yeah, right. paying that much attention. But it, Maybe it was just there were more in a row here and they were just yeah. bigger. And yeah, it, it was, was a just big like, action sequence. Because it was, it was just great. going, they kept revealing all the characters in superhero mode, which made it more exciting somehow. Yeah, really cool um, scene. Uh, Gary goes on to say, in Five's jump to the past, which was the future of the past the rest of the family was in. Sorry if that time talk is confusing. Yep. I think I got it right. Anyway, <laughs> I thought it was some of the best telly effects I've seen on telly. I agree, Gary. I thought it was amazing. Uh, Evan, you you know more about this sort of stuff. What, what do you reckon? You, you reckon it, was, it, it didn't really grab your attention by the sounds of it? Well, I mean, it did. It looked cool, but it didn't. It, it didn't. I don't think I've ever been like disappointed. The, the special effects have never really jumped out to me as either good or or bad, or you know, haven't jumped out to me as bad. Um, I just which probably means they're good. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? right. Yeah, you you know it when they're bad. Like, did yeah. you watch um, the Flash with me? And there was Gorilla Grodd. There was like a gorilla did- army, and it looked like there was about fourteen gorillas, and it was it all looked like, you know, old. Um, screensaver sort of graphics yeah right uh but yeah the, you know i guess it's just whatever the budget is and i just had the thought that they've saved on the pogo cgi oh that yeah, would have been where they point. dumped all their money last time and they yeah. they didn't they don't have that this time um so, i'm just having another yeah. look at it now no it does look cool it's a lot of slow motion yeah the bit where um, is surprised by the missile being um, blasted behind him. Yeah. And and it all slows down. That's it's all great. one continuous shot. It's cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah, okay. I just I thought it was I, sick. I didn't appreciate it the first time around, but it's, it is. It's <laughs> I <great>. would have. <laughs> uh, honestly, it would have been embarrassing. I mean, either way, but it would have been embarrassing to have seen me how excited I was in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> One of the many reasons I have uh, tape over the um, webcam of my computer as I'm watching shows in the bath. I'm so paranoid about uh, Mark Zuckerberg uh, just yeah. eating popcorn and watching me. Seeing how excited you get when uh, <laughs> the explosions happen. Uh, uh, great, great message. Thank you, Gary J. Next one comes from Ali McLaughlin from Toronto. Uh, she says... In Canada, your Commonwealth cousins. Yes, Australia and Canada, two very proud members of the of the Queen's Commonwealth. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ali writes, loving your recaps. Despite your lack of knowledge of MCR, um, My Chemical Romance's very mm. own Gerard Way. Thank you. <laughs> I'm getting it right now. If that makes it any better, Ali. Hey, Ali, big fan of the Black Parade, the song. I think that might be one of only three of their songs that I know. Yep. That's a, I think that's a really good song. That is a good that's, song. I'd call that a rousing banger. Yeah. It's it, it on your rousing playlist. It is on my rousing playlist, <laughs> yeah. Got a, a playlist full of rousing songs, which is a kind of song that is I've <laughs> only maybe the last three or four or five years, I can't remember how long ago, but my dad once called me up and he goes, Matt, I just saw a, a song on one of the, the, the video hits shows or whatever. He was watching music clips on TV and he's like, it's like an army playing. There's like a marching uh, drum. He's like, it's just a really rousing song. He's trying to <laughs> trying to explain what it is to me so I can tell him what the song is. Oh, right. And it took us ages to figure out. It was a song by Fun. 
Oh. I can't remember. They're, they're not their big hit, but their other one. I assumed it and was the like, Black Parade. Just... No, it wasn't the Black Parade, but then I'm like, Dad, if you think that's rousing, <laughs> <laughs> check out the Black Parade. My, maybe I'm, I'm confusing anything with a marching drum because I think the Black Parade <laughs> has one as well. They're a rousing instrument. Oh, what a rousing instrument. I guess that's why they armies use them. They're like rousing up the troops. Mm, yeah. Anyhow, Ali writes, <laughs> I was wondering, oh, hang on. Well, I think I think the rest of that question might be a slight spoiler because it doesn't make sense to me. So <laughs> um, I won't ask you that, Evan. Maybe I'll come back to that, Ali, if, um, unless it's not meant to make sense. But just in case, it just has a it has a slight t- slight tinge of spoiler about it. And uh, someone did say that I accidentally spoiled a couple of things in early episodes of season one, which I'm going to try very hard not to do this time around. Which is going to be easier because I haven't I don't think I've seen any more episodes, so yeah, right, uh, would be very difficult to do. But first time around, I apparently I let something slip early, which you didn't notice, so it couldn't have been anything crazy, but. Mm. Um, anyway, thank you, Ali. I'll come back to that second part of the question uh, maybe next week or whenever that comes up. Uh, Daniel from Glasgow writes, Hello, Matt and Evan. Hope you're doing well. As we find out at the start of Season 2, the team gets stranded throughout the 60s. My question is, if you were time travelling into the past to escape an apocalypse, or maybe the semi, semi-apocalypse we're currently in, which decade would you like to get stuck in? <laughs> and uh, Daniel has done the thing you've requested, Evan, and he's gone on to answer his own question. But oh, first, great. let's get your answer. Um, yeah, right. I, I mean, I'm I'm nostalgic for the '90s, but that's because I grew up in the '90s. I think I. Uh, oh man, that's tricky. I feel like I'm I'm I I really like technology, so I don't think I'd want to go way back to before there was much technology. I feel like I'd still want to be kind of 80s maybe. 80s would be fun. That'd be a real- 80s sort of has got that funny feeling of being futurist. It's like- Yeah. There was such a- I don't know why, but there were a lot of future- Were they a bit obsessed with the future in the 80s? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I guess that's when Back to the Future and stuff like that were from. So there's something about the 80s- Seems futuristic to me in a real yeah. weird way. Well, it was big for big for technology, like computers and video games CDs. and that sort of stuff. Yeah, music, um, you know, synthesize. Like a lot of these things were really breaking through. Right. Um, lots of like really genuinely new stuff. I don't know. I'd 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 go back to the eighties. I reckon that's the thing that trips me up because I'm like, oh, I'd love to go back to the sixties for the music and stuff. But then you see Alice and. And you're like, oh man, right. you're going backwards for uh, equality, yeah, social stuff, and that would be so brutal to live through. I mean, yeah. um, as a white man, obviously, <laughs> I wouldn't be so directly affected, but still. And then other things like medicine and all that goes backwards. So you're like, I mean, oh, you yeah. could go back to a time before AIDS and stuff like that, but you also go back to a time before you know, modern dentistry and other stuff like that. So, yep. and all sorts of other things, knowing more, you know, life expectancy was shorter and whatever. So, I, I mean, that's taking all the fun out of it. If, if it was just, if you were just asking me in a way that's more positive and not to think of the 
monkey paw scenario uh, where everything turns out bad. But I would say, I guess the 60s would be really cool because there was a lot going on there in terms of, I mean, there was also leaps forward there in terms of movements for striving for equality and yeah, I think, and, and music, rock and roll was coming on and all that sort of stuff. So it would maybe also, the 60s. It would also be great uh, or better if you didn't know I don't know if this is part of the thing, but whether or not you remember, you know, what what uh, things yeah. are like in the future. Like if you don't know that, you know, medical. I mean, we know medical science is better in the future. Yeah, we, we just live yeah, that's right. Got. It's just you where know, where um, you like comparatively, our doctors suck now. Yeah, compared to in thirty years' time, it's like leeches and stuff. <laughs> yeah, in, they're going to be like, oh, you use needles. <laughs> we use leeches again now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay. Well, let's see what <laughs> Daniel says. Daniel says, for me, I wouldn't mind the 80s as I've seen loads of movies and TV shows set then and I wouldn't be too out of my depth for knowing what was going on. Oh, that's smart. So that's really, you're just looking at a survival technique. Well, I guess that's yeah. his point is we're going back to avoid the apocalypse. So you want to go a little way back. If you go yeah, back, that's right. unless you're trying to stop it. Um, yeah, that's a good point. You want to go far enough back that you'll you die before the apocalypse happens, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah. All right. So, so, yeah, I should be dead. 60, 1960, that's 60 years back. I don't think I've got yeah. much more than 60 years left in me. If you, look, just if you Maybe just a little more. Have, focus on having fun and living a good life, hmm. uh, you know, you'll probably won't live as long, but you'll live better. I did. Right? I mean, I caught... I, I, my memories of the 80s are very, very vague. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. that would be a fun decade to live through as an adult, I think. Yeah. So, I yeah, think so. I think, I think the 80s would be cool as well. Uh, yeah. So, maybe actually, and if you're going to be there, Evan, let's go to the 80s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll go together. That sounds good. <laughs> and we'll meet Daniel there. Yeah. Uh, all right. Finally, probably just got time for one more. Uh, and this one, let's. Plenty more in here we'll get to in future episodes. Um, but, yeah, feel free to add more questions in. Um, but this one is from Sean in Cape Town. And Sean writes, Hey, Matt Nevin, excited to go through Season 2 of Umbrella Academy with you guys. Being thrust back into the 60s, like in the show, would be crazy and scary. But what would you be most excited about if it happened to you? Uh, could possibly, it could probably catch a live Beatles performance if you get in early. Oh, yeah. Love all your pods, Matt, and Gamey Game is a blast. Chimpanzee you later. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Sean. That was a lovely message. Yeah, I think I'm a bit of a Beatles fan. I would, you know, I'm I'm a bit, I'm a real uh, dark horse like that. Um, (laughs) Pretty unique sort of character. I'd love to go see, you know, Beatles and a million other uh, old bands. Uh, would be yeah. very cool. Old blues acts, and uh, I guess it depends on where you land. If we stayed in Melbourne, the Beatles did come here, but apparently you could not hear them at yeah, all, for all at the, those. The crowd gigs, everyone just absolutely squealing. Uh, they played the same venue that I saw Pantera play at. Oh wow! Yeah. What venue? The Festival Hall. I don't know why I put it that at the start. <laughs> <laughs> Festival. Um, Hall. Yeah, that's cool. So, what was the question? What would he be, what would we be most excited about doing? Yeah, I well, I tell you one thing that would be right at the top of my list. Uh, Nineteen sixty six, 
I would get to the AFL Grand Final, VFL at that point, <laughs> and watch the Mighty Saints win their one and only. Um, um, and I might tell would... them a few. I might be able to tell a few things about where football's going and, and give the Saints a few advantages. Maybe turn them into an empire. <laughs> um, oh, it'd be cool to go hang out at NASA. Um, sort of witness the moon landing up close would be would be pretty cool. Oh, like on the moon? Maybe. Uh, you, or, you could uh, get in there early and go and just undercut Neil Armstrong to the bosses. Oh, <laughs> so that Neil Armstrong guy's drunk again. <laughs> Spike his tea. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I think I'd, I'd maybe I could uh, sneak in, get a get like some entry level job at NASA, and then it'd be cool to, you know, weasel my way into the the control room there or something, and um, you know, be part of history. Um, yeah, I don't know what else happened in the sixties. Uh, Woodstock, Woodstock, Summer of Love. Yeah, I'd I'd pop in a Woodstock, I reckon, even though it sounds like it was drugs. a bit of a nightmare. Oh yeah. Free drugs, drugs free are love. Good then, right? Yeah, I think it was all pretty good. <laughs> uh, all that sort of stuff. Um, color television. Oh, I would absolutely see if I could find some color television. <laughs> <laughs> the TV industry would it would have been pretty interesting around. Did then. color TV come in in the sixties? I think it didn't make it to Australia to the seventies. Or am I, am I yeah, um, I don't think it made it. TV made it to Australia until was it maybe fifty six? Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously black and white then. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure when Colour TV came in, ge- generally speaking. Um, It'd be cool to just, I'd love to go see um, some, just go to places I know now and see what they used to look like. Like the suburb mm. that uh, I, well, I, I could go meet my dad as a kid. Oh, yeah. Or, and my grandparents when they were you know younger than I am now. Yeah. Or a bit around my age. That would be pretty interesting. that'd be trippy. Yeah, just messing with the timeline though, with the video, oh, like shit. the butterfly effect, make or myself not exist. Yeah, yeah, I'd want some assurances about that. But if I could get away with it, and I obviously wouldn't be like, "Hey, I'm your grandson," I'd just be like, <laughs> yeah. "Hey, hey, nice to meet you, sir." <laughs> I mean, friend. I mean, equal. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be real smooth. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The name's a Tree Pavement. <laughs> uh- <laughs> Tree pavement. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Anyway, <laughs> we should wrap this up. Uh, that was fun. I'm I'm looking forward to the next nine episodes of this season. Getting back in the bath and really <laughs> lapping it up. Um, thanks for joining, Seven. People should check you out Saturday mornings on Twitch. You're teaching me yep. how to do Twitch. I'm going to Twitch something sometime soon. Yeah. Uh, if you follow me. It's all the rage. All the kids are doing it. I'm Twitch slash... Or Twitch, whatever it is, slash Twitch.tv. Twitch.tv slash Matt Stewart Comedy if you want to follow me there and see what I I do. Or if you want to give me a suggestion. Maybe that's something you can write in the messages here. What's something Evan and I could um, stream? Uh, Last week we did it while Evan played an ape-related game called Ancestry. (laughs) Do you remember? Ancestors, yeah. Uh, The Humankind Odyssey. Mm. It was a bit baffling, um, but it was fun to play. Yes. Uh, please check out my other podcast, Do Go On. Uh, we're in the middle of Block at the moment, Blocktober, Blocktober Fest, Blocktober Grace Period. It's a big time of year, the month where we do 
the most requested topics. We've already done OJ Simpson trial uh, and the Donner Party this week. Uh, they're the they're the fifth and fourth most requested and voted for topics. Ah. So the next three weeks are going to be even more popular than that. Um, they're all absolute bangers. So check them out, please. And I also do a podcast about music called Listen Our Pod. Funnily enough, about eighties albums, and the most recent one was about the Clashes, Combat Rock, which was their big selling one with "Should I Stay or Should I Go" and "Rock the Casbah." Oh, yeah. Uh, and the track uh, Straight to Hell, which MIA sampled for Paper Planes. Mm. Uh, banging. That's a real low-key banger, but a great tune. Anyway, that's all the time we've got time for. I've said that four <laughs> or five times. Thanks so much for joining us, Evan. And as we always say here at Primates Podcast. Chimpan, see you later. podcast is part of the planet broadcasting network visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates i mean if you want it's up to you ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm-hmm.